The head of Russia's Orthodox Church, Patriarch Kirill, has supported Putin's war in Ukraine from the start. He described those opposing the invasion as the forces of evil. Now, this has angered many Ukrainians who say Kirill has given his blessings to Putin to kill his fellow Slavs and people of the same faith. Long before the start of the invasion, Kirill positioned himself and his church as strong ideological allies of the Kremlin. Kirill has repeatedly cast Russia as a defender of divine law against the forces of evil, which he identifies as emanating from Western democracies. Welcome back to the Gnostic Informant, and you are about to attain true Gnosis. And today, my guest is Anastasia, all the way from Ukraine, and she has a Twitter that you guys should go follow. And um, yeah, I'm really happy. Oh. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you here. And definitely, everyone, go and follow the links in the description for that. And um, I, yeah, I've seen you around on people's channels, on Dylan Burns's channel. Uh, you were on Destiny, Vosh kind of making your rounds and really doing some really good work in like educating people on on the ground issues that's happening out there in Ukraine. And so I got to commend you for that because you are a hero. You. you are doing good work. And I, <laughs> and I can't even I don't even know what I can say to people over in your part of the world that are dealing with what you're dealing with. And like, what do I say? I support you. Is that like, what does that do? Like, I do obviously, but like I just nothing I can say to like show my gratitude because you're fighting something that is like the most important thing in the world right now. Honestly, it's the Thank most you. important. Appreciate so it. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you, if you ca caught that intro. I I made a custom intro just for this episode because I'm I'm noticing that in Russia there's this there's this sort of religious attitude, this like uh, Orthodox uh, Christian attitude that this is some like the people in Russia are, are you know they're the good they're forces of good and western democracies is forces of satan evil and so and i wonder if there's if you got if there's some sort of um layer of propaganda happening with that and how much of that do you know about i want to start with that topic right off the bat and then we can we can just if if that's not your wheelhouse we can always jump around and do and talk about that it's interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, nobody talked about that much, I think. So I think it's an interesting topic. And uh, to understand all of this is pretty hard to explain because, as you know, uh, Russia was a uh, communist uh, Soviet Union uh, thing and the persecution of religion was pretty bad. 
and um, atheism was kind of like installed in a very forceful type of way. So for quite a long period of time, nobody like talked about religion, nobody like celebrated anything. It was a very bad idea to talk about it, let's put it like that, because it was like prosecuted, ridiculed and stuff like that. So most people for quite a long time have been I guess forced, you could say, to abandon their like religiosity. And then uh, when Soviet Union dissolved uh, in the 90s, everyone's in the post-Soviet, not everyone, but most countries in post-Soviet uh, space started to become religious with vigor. <laughs> I don't know how else to, to explain it. It's like a reactionary thing, basically. So they started to, um, uh, to react to that previous prosecution in being like obnoxiously, I guess you could say, religious. And this wave um, kind of died down in Ukraine, I must say, like for like 10 years, maybe it's like in 90s and the early 2000s, people would be like wearing tacky crosses, go to the church like every day, basically trying to, I guess, compensate in a way. But then people kind of like mellowed down a little bit, you could say, I think. But in Russia, it's not exactly like that. It's a little bit different in that regard that mostly after Putin came to power, he started to use uh, orthodoxy, orthodox Christianity as sort of like a imperialist tool, if you can, you know, say that, I guess, easily, because he basically started to use the church and the idea of united uh, pan-Slavic Christian world, basically, as a tool to influence politics, to influence culture in other countries such as, obviously, Ukraine, uh, Bulgaria, uh, Romania, many other countries where orthodoxy, Christianity is prominent. So for him, it was kind of like before 2014 revolution in Ukraine, uh, Maidan, we call it. Um, it was kind of like this. It was like, oh, we all like Christian, Orthodox, uh, Slavic uh, bros, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. And then uh, after 2014, this rhetoric of this kind of like almost like uniting rhetoric, I guess you could say, it changed quite drastically. So in Kremlin's propaganda machine now, they became like sort of like uh, crusaders of traditional like, Christian values and uh, um, anti-West, they positioned themselves like, um, basically the West is like, as you heard him, I, I think say many times, degenerate. So it's like a Western degeneracy type of thing they're fighting. And uh, for them, they're mostly tied to uh, emancipation of women, uh, LGBT. Those are like two favorite topics of theirs. I think wow. they talk more about LGBT, to be quite honest, than even women. But uh, yeah, so it's pretty prominent. And they tied this whole thing with, um, I guess you could say, Satan. So <laughs> that's why you would hear like Putin always uh, say, and Kirill, which is patriarch of the Muscovian Orthodoxy, you know, the big guy, his, his friend though, that he uses all the time. So he would basically denounce like, everything Western, call it like satanic, and also, of course, call it our President Zelensky, a servant of Satan. Same thing did Solovyov, which is like a very, I guess, prominent uh, talking head of the Kremlin. And he espouses like on the main TV media, quite a lot of like Russian propaganda. So he would basically full on call like Zelensky Satan and uh, Ukrainians demonic and stuff like that. So, so for them, it's a very weird, like kind of like additional tool 
So they would call us like everything bad, basically. So let's say like Nazis, as you all know. So Nazis in Ukraine, you know, everywhere in every corner. So yeah. so yeah. So basically that, in political kind of like historical context, Nazis is the bad thing. So they would call us Nazis. Also, if you're religious, then Satan Satanism, like uh, sinful, degenerate stuff like that, is the bad thing. So they will use that. So basically, they'll throw like shit at us on every level, on every level in culture, like in you know politics, in history, to basically describe us as the worst thing imaginable. And Kirill does play up on that before this full-on invasion in February um, twenty-two, uh, year twenty-two. He was not openly talking about like since 2014 he was not saying like oh those ukrainians need to be destroyed but now he basically says that so he's part of that machine and they use religion and this satanic panic if you will to talk about basically the west and they paint us as ukrainians as basically like lap dogs of the west if you will so like um yeah so this is like a very complex thing it also seems kind of very weird at the same time because at the same breath he talks about uh, defenders of christian value which appeals to quite a lot of far-right people in the west i must say <laughs> he basically appeals to that quite a bit but at the same breath he will say we are the descendants of communists and soviet union and soviet union dissolvement was the biggest tragedy of the 20th century so not Holocaust, not World War II, but the dissolvement of Soviet Union, in his opinion, was the biggest strategy. So it's very strange. At the same breath, the person would say like Lenin and, you know, uh, communism and Soviet Union, which kind of contradicts the religiosity, I guess. But the next sentence, he will say like God and Orthodox Christianity and traditional values. So they kind of like combine those two. One is like basically nostalgia, if you will, for most people in Russia, I guess, uh, to the back to the glorious days when they were the country that, you know, had a strong impact on political arena, which was Soviet Union, obviously. But uh, also appealed to the newly religious people. And uh, since the uh, Soviet Union dissolvement in the 90s, there's quite a lot of like religious, I guess you could say, influence in Russia. So, yeah, so they basically appeal just on all levels to paint us like in the worst way possible, as well as the West, obviously. So, yeah, that's, that's basically very, what's very, going on. Very interesting situation. Now, no, I was going to wait for Super Chats for the end, but this one came up and I, I want to I address it. And thank you for the Super Chat. Why do you think the churches in America back Putin? Now, you might not know about this, but um, it tends to be not everybody. But it tends to be like I, I actually know personally know someone who's a Catholic who supports people, mm -hmm. and he's a Canadian. I also know of people who are, and they're, it's always Christian or Catholic, Baptist, Evangelical, always, and they're all aligned with Putin. They're all they're they're like literally going against Western democracy to back up this guy who's yeah. invading a country because of Christianity, and like yeah. So it's it's kind of mind blowing. Not just that. It's, but... it's like, it's, there's like some spiritual warfare happening here, and they're using the idea of religion and Christianity to sort of get in people's heads. And I'm wondering, what is it like in Ukraine? Are there Ukrainians like that? Well, to be honest, it's not that surprising because um, those appeals they do, they do them for a reason. So when you hear those conversations, like his, uh, I guess Putin's speeches, for example, he would almost every time appeal to the 
um, to the things that appeal to religious traditional people all over the world, not just, you know, in this part of the world. Right. So he would, that's why like those religious people you mentioned might be, I guess, uh, sort of like on his side in that regard, because his positions himself and his nation and Russia overall as the defenders of the last defenders of something. If, if it's like nationalist type of guys or like white uh, supremacy type of guys, then he they the, he will appeal to them as the supposedly like white defender of white race or some shit, you know, which is kind of funny because like most of Russia is not even white, but that's that's another like thing, you know. And, but and uh, they're, the ones, oh, they're the ones calling you Nazis, but they're the ones doing yeah. all this ethno stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 they also appeal, like I said, to religion and mostly uh, to traditional values, which appeals to, I guess you could say, religious people all over the world, which mostly they, he talks about like trans, they will transgender your children, you know, yeah. <laughs> LGBT, I don't know, something like Cabal is planning to destroy the world. And this is very effective due to like, I guess, intense homophobia in many countries, especially like in post-Soviet parts. And also, of course, like you mentioned, religious people all over the world. So that's what he, why he does it. And it's kind of effective, I guess you could say. And um, yeah, but when it comes to Ukraine, we have like had like a pretty huge problem in that regard because most of our churches, especially in the Eastern Ukraine, were like under Moscovian Patriarchate. So basically... They were like under Kirill and under Putin thumb almost entirely. So in the churches that are Moscovian Patriarchate, they would be like straight up spewing like propaganda bullshit. They would basically be uh, collaborating with Russia even now. So um, they would collaborate with the country that basically invades and in, uh, in, in is doing a genocide in our country and trying to overtake us, you know. And they would still say that this is like West, the Western people fault, NATO fault, whatever the fuck, you know. The Oh, sorry, can I swear? No, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so basically that, and they will say like, oh, those people, um, th those people who attend those like, uh, you know, uh, Moscovian basically churches in Ukraine, they absorb quite a bit of that like anti-Ukrainian, anti-West propaganda. So some of them do in fact uh, bought into it. It's happened yes but also there have been several raids recently on uh on our churches which the russia painted as proof of our satanism <laughs> because you know we're satanic and we like raid churches just because we i don't know don't like god or something you know a satanic but in actually they were raided because they have been our defense services caught them um, the uh, basically uh, them collaborating, so giving information to the enemy and spewing very like dangerous anti-Ukrainian stuff in the churches as well. So yeah, even found some files that basically were they gave out our soldiers' locations even to Russia. So yeah. they are church in Ukraine, but they straight up like collaborating with the you know the the Russian. Russians. So, you, so, so you, yeah. So the Orthodoxy Church in Ukraine basically is an entity that's operating for the side of the Russians, and they're and they're just living day to day lives in Ukraine during this war. But they're helping. It's basically like they're they're on the other side. Basically, that's got to be yeah. That's nuts. That's what I would wild. like to point. 
would like to point out that not all, because we have Orthodox sure. uh, churches that are Kiev. Uh, their allegiance is to Kiev, and they tried very their very best to cut their ties with the uh, Muscovian churches and Muscovian Patriarchate, and uh, which something that. Uh, some countries all over the world did they like cut their ties with the Muscovian Orthodox and just uh, uh, independent basically rule themselves as you as you would say so there have been attempts to do that even before this full-on invasion so our president after revolution after 2014 Poroshenko he basically was very intent on doing that on cutting like ties with the uh, Muscovian Patriarchate uh, because it is uh, literally a tool to influence people like in the worst way possible. So, so yeah, but obviously many people just went there, uh, as you know, church goers, obviously. So they did not went there to with any evil intent, basically, but they ended up being under propaganda, I guess, tool in those churches, you could say. But yeah, many churches are not like that, of course, and especially those who are um, not under Muscovian Patriarchate. They are pretty based in terms of i mean i'm an atheist but you know they support uh, no, obviously ukraine and, and yeah, so yeah, how, yeah, how do they get how do they get looked at by the other side do they get called the church of satan the, are they called atheists are they because i always i, I notice in and here in the west if you're not in the right baptist evangelical conservative trump supporting church they'll call it, they'll say you're you're part of the church of satan or you're an atheist or you're not even real christian or something is that happening over there too well, yeah, sort of. It's just in Ukraine, people are so united right now, like 90 something percent of people sees Russia as a mortal enemy, basically, at this point. Uh, so many people are, I guess, united uh, against the, this invading, oppressive, uh, I would say fascist fully forced right now so they basically denounce like even the like the churches even if they went there so most people uh look given a, a like a stink eye to those uh, <laughs> muscovian churches obviously but them they themselves will call it satanism and stuff like that yes so russia would paint it basically they were talking about this um this uh, search that was done on our churches uh, as a like basically ours being a sat sat satanic because we are um you know, trying to find collaborators and traitors in the, in the churches, but they painted it like that we're just out of like a pure spite and malice, are just, you know, uh, radiant church, poor, poor priests and, you know, ruining their day <laughs> with no reason whatsoever. Although proof has been found, obviously, that there were collaborators, but, you know, right. amongst right. child pornography as well. But that's another thing, that's you know. crazy. Now, what, you now know, the now, church. What, yeah, that's that's the church all over the world. It's not just yeah, there. It's yeah, over yeah. here too, yeah. especially, especially over here. Actually, it's really bad over here. Actually, but anyways, um, mm. which is like you wonder why is that? But anyways, it's a whole other topic that we don't even have to get into. Mm. But what what so what is the opposition to the church? Like, do they own up to it and just say, yeah, we're Satanists? Then fine. Like, because I and the reason why I'm that that sounds like a crazy question, but like here in the West, a lot of atheists are so sick of uh fundamentalist christianity that they, mm. you, they'll, they'll say you know what have satan sure we were just mm. just just to do it just to piss them off did you, did you does that happen because i i if that if that's the case i i support that i don't mean hey i, well, I to it. be quite honest with you my like recent interactions with the western people <laughs> has showed me that in america for example in the united states i mean like most people are way more religious than here 
So yeah. which caught me like by surprise because I did not expect that to be quite honest. And uh, so here, even people who are religious, they are like I don't know how to even explain it, like quietly religious, I guess. So they don't talk about Jesus, this Jesus, that. I'm praying for you, you know, <laughs> which is something like um, most people in the United States who are religious do. So people do have obviously like they believe in God or something like that, right? But they don't talk about it that much, and it doesn't take so much space in their life. So for us to basically denounce those like uh, satanic uh, whatever the fuck is very easy. So people are not like, you know, not then their half of their life is not spent by talking about Jesus. So uh, most people are kind of chill and they just make fun of those like, uh, you know, as we usually do <laughs> of Russian propaganda and uh, obviously Muscovian uh, patriarchal church as well. But uh, our own like uh, priests and stuff like that who are Kiev, uh, under Kiev, they're basically saying that this is like straight up bullshit because actual Satanism is killing people, raping people, uh, destroying their houses, you know, invading and ruining people's lives. So if you support that, then that is the work of Satan, not uh, opposing it. So they're like pretty right. chill about that. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're you said actually Satanic, and you know, but people who don't believe in any of that, they basically like just roll their eyes, you know at both of them yeah <laughs> i guess I, you could say yeah i have to remind myself how how much of an impact the ussr had on religious mindsets over there compared to over here where during the during the 1900s the entire century was you have billy graham which is a he's a preacher you have like mm -hmm. these figureheads who are christian who teach that <clears throat> Not only is Christianity true, but every, <clears throat> excuse me, let me silence this. Every, every word in the Bible is it happened literally. Like the, mm -hmm. talking snakes, that happened literally. Um, Adam and Eve, five, six thousand years ago, that literally happened. There's we have a huge population of people here in America who think that stuff literally happened, and it's not allegorical. And I'm wondering, yeah. is that how the Christians are over there too? No, definitely not. <laughs> I, didn't think so. I mean, I mean, I mean, I kind of like, um, I was kind of surprised, like I said, myself, because I didn't talk that much to Americans, quite honest, before this whole thing, before my like volunteer work, before my appearing on, you know, <laughs> Destiny and Steven, and, or oh, Steven is Destiny, I'm sorry, uh, on Destinies and like uh, Dylan Burns and Wash and you know all of this stuff, and to me having like a Twitter where I talk to you know American people now mostly, but um, before that I was kind of convinced that we were more religious for some reason. <laughs> But I was super duper wrong, apparently. And yeah, so this is like something that people don't see it as such a... It's they, I know the Bible thumpers thing. So basically, it's not something you will see in, in Ukraine at all. Which, by the way, Ukraine is more religious than, let's say, uh, Czech Republic, which also like, you know, Slavic and past. They're like most atheists. They're like 90% atheists. So, yeah, uh, so it's pretty, yeah, so even people who are here who are like, uh, they say they believe in God is what they mean, mostly. When you ask them, are you religious? They would be like, yeah, yeah, you know, and you talk with them and they are just, they just believe that God, God exists, basically, yeah. is what they believe. Yeah, but they don't build, they don't like attend churches that much. They don't do that much like any ritualistic stuff. And for them, it's not this uh, huge part of his li their life. And we don't have like 
as many like communities i guess that just go to churches and chill you know doing like um community religious kind of like exercises if you will it's not something that happens here as much as it does in the united states i think so yeah. in that regard people are not as uh, as concerned i guess you could say but to most people i have like a, my volunteer friend uh, who i work with almost he delivers stuff to the front lines and uh aid, aid like medical aid supplies uh scopes we even uh, deliver drones and stuff like that basically a lot of stuff so he is religious quite religious as a person and in a like in a full sense of the world you know not just ah god exists but like actually religious and he's not anywhere near the level of <laughs> of united states people because he never talks about it it's just not something it's it's considered like a bad taste so it's like it's like a bad conduct you know, to talk about it that much. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess it's not like that in United States, which I think is why many people are more influenced, I guess, by, uh, you know, religious, uh, traditional type of thinking there. So we have our own, like, obviously societal problems and stuff like that. But uh, United States are way more liberal, obviously, way more uh, human rights than we do, unfortunately, for us. <laughs> but really? but in terms of like religion, obviously, it's a little bit different. Also, like I said, being uh, denied religion by communist uh, and Soviet Union regime is basically what led to people having this detachment, I guess you could say, from religion that still is uh, prominent here. Yeah, because um, Soviet academia was one of the one of the only academic bubbles, I guess, that was teaching that Jesus didn't even exist. Like they were yeah. the rest of the world was like, well, he probably existed, but maybe he wasn't like, a you know, performing miracles. The Soviets were like, no, he didn't even exist. Like that. Yeah, that they, were, they, were, they were full on. Nah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were, were in the nah mood. They were but, going uh, to be yeah. quite. To be quite honest, uh, not to praise those guys too much, they basically replaced Jesus with Lenin and Marx, you know? So it's yeah. not that big a difference, to be honest. It's just they basically replaced uh, one religion with another religion. One just has, like, mystical powers and God, and the other doesn't have those, but still they, like, sure. praised basically the same. So my father's, like, when he was quite young, uh, he would uh, be basically have to learn, like, Marx and Lenin, uh, and read them as a Bible, you know. So it's basically uh -huh. was the same thing in Soviet Union. So you would uh, like you would have like a book, for example, like some novel, you know, and um, I don't know, like romance novel, some shit, like just your regular book that people read. And in like there would be like pretext before the actual novel of forty pages of like why Marx is great and why wow. Lenin is great and why and why Soviet Union is the greatest country on earth and yeah and the west is degenerate and capitalism is evil you know so it it's just they just replaced one thing with another the way they treated for example their like chief stalin for example right they basically was like a godlike figure Papa and Joe. they didn't yeah so them being atheists didn't really save them from you know i guess worshiping just ron idols in my opinion but that's sure. another story now, what about like mysticism? How is that? Is there a mysticism scene? Because um, the re and I know this is not Ukrainian, but like in Russian history, before before the Bolsheviks uh, revolution, mm -hmm. you had this Rasputin character who we they yeah, we, we learn about him in our history uh, classes in high school and stuff. And like, who's like, what's going on? Like, this is I've never heard anything <laughs> like that. Is there anything else going like that today, or is that just old? Yeah, stuff? for sure. 
So they're like pretty, uh, quite a lot of like, um, I guess you could say, is it a word in English, secta? Like sects, like uh, cults, basically, yeah, yeah, cult-like cult, behavior. Cult, cult. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so those like very uh, prominent, quite prominent in Russia. So there's like, to be quite honest, most dictators have some sort of kink on those like mystical cultist shit. So if you look it up, like people like Hitler, people like, uh, you know, they have been very into mysticism into various like i don't know like ways to prolong the life or like predictions of the future of some sort they were like very into this like occult occultic stuff basically so putin is not different in that regard so he also has those like weird ass like mystical rituals with some with some you know cult like figures and uh, this is something that have been um, reported several times of him participating in those kind of things and um, yeah so people who are I guess closer to him and to Kremlin uh, say that he does this sort of thing quite often I guess Ooh, it's wow. not that unique to him it's just something that many like dictators and tyrannical figures tend to be fond of i guess you could say yeah because i've heard i've heard someone someone say that dugan is the new rasputin is, is that yeah exactly oh, wow. yeah. So that is Still, so, so what, tell us about this dugan character that someone doesn't know well basically uh many people like overplay actually his influence in russia but to be like um as fair as i can be he's basically calls himself a philosopher which fuck that but <laughs> you know what he is is uh basically an ideologue so like an ideologue of the uh, you guess um ideology of russian world or russian peace whatever the fuck you call it so he wrote like basically his uh, books are even like read by like military personnel in russia like as a requirement so his whole idea is that russia will like lead basically the um like eurasian unity basically some sort of against the western like european countries so the western european countries he said uh, needs to be like united states is the west and europe like western europe they need to be like dissolved need to be weakened and uh, basically russia needs to be you know overtake basically everything by uniting post-soviet countries again under their banner basically and basically restoring like soviet union 2.0 uh, also, like dealing with Asia, which basically would be like, you know, the Russia would be like the leader and the hegemon of this world. And he basically sees this future like that and uh, to fight against, again, degeneracy, like LGBT, modernism, like of any kind. And they would be like the the empire of, you know, the future, you could say. And yeah, so he sees uh, countries like Ukraine as crucial to that plan because we were like one basically the biggest country after you know um uh russia that has slavic kind of like history in it and uh, they are very interested in having us under their thumb and uh, also has to do with our history because russia uh, ties themselves with kiev and rus which was a pan-slavic ancient kingdom and uh, the descendants of that kingdom are actually Ukrainians, <laughs> but they basically stole almost the entirety of our history in that regard, and they attach themselves to Kiev and Rus history. And for them, it's very important to keep us there because Kiev, you know, is in Ukraine, <laughs> and it's in the name of the empire. So basically, Kiev and Rus was Christianized by Byzantine Empire, and um, our like uh, you know prince basically of Kiev made a choice to accept Christianity and abandon paganism, yeah. and uh, so huge, not only that was a huge part of history. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, so basically what he did is that he decided to ally with the Byzantine Empire and with the Christian world in that regard. And uh, so so what, what then happened is uh, that Slavs basically became part of the, I guess you could say, European Christian uh, space. So Russia sees themselves as such, obviously. So they are very intent on um, keeping this part of history as their legacy, as their heritage, because otherwise people would just, you know, see them as, I guess, uh, a horde, a Mongolian horde or some shit. Yeah, Yeah. so there's that. Have you ever ever heard of the YouTube channel called um, History Charts? I think it's called Chart. Let me see if I can find it. No. Well, okay, there's this YouTube channel where they do charts of useful charts. Okay, let me just show it on the screen so people can know what I'm talking about real quick. Um, Whoops. This is called, okay, this is a cool, this is a really cool channel. Where'd it go? One second. Hmm? It's called Useful Charts, and um, he did a video. So this channel's great, by the way. This guy puts in really, does really good uh, research, does really good videos and uh he did a video somewhere in here i can't i don't know where it is but it's Mm -hmm. somewhere it's probably it's probably here somewhere here it is roman emperor anyways the point is he did a video where he actually demonstrates that the russian orthodox church um after constantinople fell so this the story you just told right where the the king of kiev becomes a christian so orthodoxy starts spreading in and in like near Russia and stuff. But after Constantinople fell a couple centuries later in the 15th century, now they have a network of churches that already exist up in the North. The, uh-huh. the, the, all the bishops and the patriarchs from Constantinople, from the church of Hagia Sophia fled North through the black sea into Russia. And they started, they kept the church alive. Up until this day, they somehow let me somehow even made it through the Soviet times. A bit so of a now, correction. Sure. There yeah. was like no Russia then. So I would like to point out that yeah, they did whatever. not flee into Russia because there was no Russia at that point. What, but yeah, but basically. Rus? Yeah, Kievan Rus is basically a compilation of the of various kingdoms and various Slavs that after dissolvement created new like uh, nations, new countries, new like, you know, new peoples, I guess you could say. But yeah, but uh, Russian Empire as it is now, it only appeared like way later on. So yeah, so this is not something like. That's that's important. That's an important correction. That's important. I'm glad you put Mm -hmm. that. So I'm glad you pointed Correct me on that. So, but now, so now what you see is you see the people who are in this Orthodox Church of Russia claiming to have a direct line that goes all the way back to Peter and Paul. They're like, we have the real church. And like, yeah, there's like some truth to that, but like, yes. Some some relation obviously is there, so there are like plenty of Slavs obviously in Russia, you know. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, there's plenty of uh, cities that have been part of like this uh, sphere. For most of them are close to Ukrainian border, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> Belgorod, Novgorod, cities like that, they are pretty much or like part of you know, they are like part of Ukrainian sphere basically is what they are. Oh, not Ukrainian, sorry, Kiev and Rus. So yeah, so but overall for them it's very important to claim have a claim to that heritage because they have built uh, their identity on that on being like the, the you know the church. descendants of Kiev. Yeah. yeah yeah of Christian Orthodox Christianity of like basically uh, Slavic kingdoms and stuff like that. So they 
they see themselves as this big brother, like the, the main country of Slavic people for some fucking reason. And they decided like that, that they are um, the main descendants and the people who actually kind of kind of have like almost like a sacrilege right, like, like sacred right to the, I guess, being the dominant power because they are supposedly like the superior, you know, <laughs> Orthodox Christians and Slavic people and everything. So they have been sitting on that for quite a while and they call like Ukrainian and Belarus people basically and Russia as this like U trinity, I guess, of like Slavic, uh, pan-Slavic, whatever the fuck they want to call it. But in reality, it's just an imperialist power that basically oppressed other um, other people around it, and uh, both in Russian Empire and and then in Soviet Union, which was also a Russian Empire by another name and in other flags. <laughs> so yeah, so they basically just uh, appeal to that historic heritage to highlight themselves as someone like worthy, I guess, of being at the top of this chain. So for them, it's pretty important. That's why they appeal to it quite a bit. And also there was, has been like this emperor in Russia, uh, Pyotr Pervy, but in English it's Peter I, I think. Yeah. Uh, so he was basically the one who almost entirely came up with this rebranding, I guess you could say, of Russia. So it started to be not, it was Moscovian Tsarstva. So the word Moscow, basically. So a Tsar means king. So Moscovian Tsarstva was the name and then they renamed it in Russian Empire. So they attached that Russian Rus word to Kievan Rus, basically, heritage. But at that point, they have been only known as Moscovia or Moscovian Tsarstvo. And on the maps, on the ancient maps, they have been actually called that Moscovia, not Russian Empire or not Rus in any connection with Rus. But uh, yeah, so they basically just... Piotr basically did this rebranding thing because uh, Pet, Peter Pershing, because he wanted just to um, ally with the strong countries at the time, which was France, you know, French Empire, stuff like that. So basically the hegemonic powers of that period. And uh, Russian Empire had a pretty close connection with like French uh, culture, with French, you know, everything at that time. And to do that, he needed to be not only seen as a Christian, but also be seen as part of European sphere which to him was important because uh, they would not, uh, French and, um, you know, other European Christian countries would not, empires at the time, Austro-Hungary Empire, you know, stuff like that, they would not ally with a country that was not part of the European world. So for him, it was pretty important to basically tie himself with the country that was known in the world as European, sort of, sort of, <laughs> you know, second-class European, but still European, which was Kievan Rus, obviously. So, yeah, so they basically did not want to have any connection with uh, Mongolia, with, uh, Mon uh, you know, with Mongols, with Tatare, with uh, Asian, basically, um, their Asian heritage and their Asian history as being part of like a huge, uh, you know, a horde, Mongolian golden horde, they're called, you know, and they basically denounced that entirely and concentrated on being, you know, the, the, the descendants of Kievan Rus which to them was important at the time to ally with the countries, with the empires such as France and uh, Austro-Hungary and so on and so forth. So this is goes way back, basically, way back than just now. So for them, it's pretty important to keep that, keep that That's, idea, I guess. Yeah, and by the way, thank you for that, because you really know your, you can see you really know your history, and that's that was really interesting just to hear that just now. But like, what you just highlighted, though, shows how important this 
like struggle is for people that are trying to restore this world. Oh, I super apologize, but my 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 computer is about to fucking die. I'm sorry. I will like oh, connect it. it. Just just a sec. Just a second. Sorry. Yeah, just, yeah. Take your time. Don't no no rush. You're good. I'll let her fix that for a second. I see the super chats, but I'll, I know that's for the super chats are for her. So I'll I'll wait to read that. Um, but um, yeah, it's interesting how the people in Russia who are a part of this Orthodox Church they really want to claim this lineage that goes back to Constantinople. And the Constantinople is also the lineage that claims to go back to ancient Rome and ancient Rome is like, yeah, this is where Peter's church started. And they're like, even the Catholics like, yeah, those are Aryans. There's, those are, those are uh, Europeans. They're not, they're not the real church. We're the real church. So you had this mentality from the, from the Russian orthodoxy is that we're the real church. All those other churches came later. And like, it's, it's, it's like one of those things that you don't want to admit it, but like there is some truth to it because you can technically trace back this church to Constantinople. Anyway, she's back now. You're all good. I'm sorry. Yes. I super apologize. (laughs) I just uh, did not connect my uh like notebook basically. Oh yeah. That'll die quick. so, So it died. Uh, yeah, I had high a... hopes for that. Oh no, <laughs> let's put it like that. <laughs> there is a couple yeah. Sorry, chats. guys. A couple super chats. I'll read them out. Yeah, Lev Polyakov. Thank you for the super chat. I was born in Saint Petersburg. My family and friends like Alexander Nevzorov knew Putin back when he brought in coke <laughs> through Saint Petersburg Harbor. I'd love for you to debate on BTR. I hate Putin, by the way. <laughs> just, just. The funny you call him Putin, which is his Putin, you know. Putin. Putin. <laughs> but, but but I like your version. It sounds insulting. Putin. I approve. Yeah. All right, all right. Him- thanks for that. Thanks for that super chat, Lev. Appreciate that. Uh, and he has another one. Oh yeah, my. And he, by the way, he has a channel called Break the Rules. Go and check that out. Thank you, Lev, for the super chat. Too many people who call out the big problems on the U.S. are unfortunately the same ones who don't want the U.S. to help Ukraine. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And that yeah, that's a- true. Mm. And eleven. I have been, go ahead. I have been talking with people like that quite a bit. Like talking is a nice word, mostly like argue. <laughs> yeah, because for them, basically, they would like appeal to this absolutely like make appeal to like something else. They would say like, why are we not helping these people? Why are we not helping these people? Why are we you know giving money to Ukraine if we could help this and help that? And you're just like dudes. Like I, we super appreciate the help, obviously, right? Without it, we would be fucked. But um, it's not because you give money to Ukraine that are homeless people in the United States, you know? They have been there before, <laughs> you know? You you gave money to Ukraine. And this is uh, just, they, they just point out various problems in the United States. And they try to blame it on United States helping Ukraine uh, against this unjust invasion, which is uh, pretty strange because there's no connection to those things whatsoever. So if you want to improve, like, I don't know, like the lives of the homeless people in the United States, then do that, you know, press your your local like mayors and, you know, politicians to do something about it. But it's not the budget that they give to Ukraine. <laughs> it's a different type of budget. Yeah. So it's very, very interesting. It, the person is completely correct because, you know, it's something that you can uh, basically hear quite a bit. Yeah. And you can tell with the last name, Polyakov, there's a, uh, he's got that. He's related. I'm, I'm also a yeah. Slav too. My last name is Senlak. I'm Polish. So. Oh. 
So I, oh. when I, when I hear about, this, yeah, I always, <laughs> when I hear about the, when I hear about things happening over there, I have this, like, like, I want to root for my, oh. for my people, you know? So yeah, yeah it's like, it's not, 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 I'm not like a, no, not like a big deal out of it, but like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, have to be, yeah, sure. but still connection is connection. Yeah. And also we have made quite a great improvement in our relationship with Poland due to how much they helped us, um, you know, during this whole thing. So, so yeah, yeah so we have appreciate our Polish bros and quite a lot of volunteer aid we get is from Poland. Most of our refugees are in Poland. So, you know, stuff like that. And know. they, on, on, on a political level, they do basically everything they can to, Go to, to help us. Yes. That's so awesome. we appreciate it for sure. That's good to hear. Constellation Pegasus, says, thanks for the super chat. How big is the German population in Ukraine? Does NATO share some responsibility for pissing off Russia? Oh, it's a long, long answer. Germans are not that big of a population in Ukraine, and there are some, you know, but not not that much. Obviously, a very minor, very big minority. But no, NATO has nothing to do with this. They, it's a very prominent topic that used to say that it's the Western fault and NATO fault. Uh, Russia uses it all the time. It's like the core of their propaganda, basically saying that NATO provoked, you know, Russia to invade which is basically equivalent of hitting someone on the street and then saying to them, oh, you provoked me. And the person would be like, well, I didn't do shit. And they were like, well, yeah, pre preventative strike. <laughs> you know, this is basically Russia. So for them, it's just a tool. They already had borders with NATO countries before Ukraine. Ukraine was not even enlisting and in, in not being part of NATO. It was not in the picture in like decades, basically. We will not be part of NATO. Us moving to the European Union is not us joining NATO, first and foremost. And yeah, so for them, it's just basically an excuse to uh, expand their empire, which is something they did before. They did same shit in Georgia, not United States, Georgia. <laughs> country georgia so georgia and moldova for example and this is something that just for, for you know for my united yeah. states uh, people just so they know so yeah so this is basically what i'm saying is that they did this, this exact same thing before they would use any excuse basically they have in the book nato is not invading shit uh joining nato is the will of the some people you know uh, most of people in ukraine did not even want to join nato before this invasion so this is a completely like it's a it's you know now quite a lot of people do to be honest they did the opposite right, right. so countries like sweden countries like finland are jumping to join nato because nato is what they see as something that can protect them from russian invasions from russian terror that they are doing in ukraine so yeah, so they they did completely the opposite. Basically, is what they did. They they made people want to be part of NATO because this NATO exists to prevent such things. You know, yeah, as yeah. for example, if Ukraine was part of NATO, potentially this would never have happened because they would not have attacked a NATO country. And uh, unfortunately for us, <laughs> we, you know, we are not. So this is why we are basically fending them off uh, with the help obviously of the west like aid but only aid so no like actual military no boots on the ground there are like foreign people who come fight here as volunteers uh through international legion stuff like that but there's a quite quite a small you know group quite a small minority most of our soldiers are obviously ukrainian and uh, yeah uh, so yeah so nato is uh has nothing to do with russian will to expand and to basically destroy uh, other people's nations and cultures and absorb them 
which is something they did for centuries. This battle with Ukraine is quite long. It's not just now, you know. So, yeah, so they have been prosecuting our language, our culture, everything in Russian Empire and the Soviet Union as well. Uh, they literally call, like, on the TV, call you being a Ukrainian a disease of the mind, you know. So, so yeah, so this is not just, you know, just NATO. This is just, you know, people, uh, good old style imperialist invasion, you know, nothing new, I guess. Thank you for that super chat, Constellation Pegasus. And a super sticker from DDR. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for that. Oh, i got to fix my camera real quick. Oh, just, give me, just give me one second. You disappeared. Yeah, sorry about that. I'll fix this in one second. There we go. All right. And um, oh. yeah, I have a backup because the one I have has issues. It overheats and stuff, but it's not a big deal. We got oh, this so, one uh, is not. It doesn't make you look that, so good. Yeah, this one's a little <laughs> more. Like, Works yeah, better for you. That one looks way better. Yeah, That's why I let it, I'll turn it back on in a couple minutes. Yeah, still e good. You know, don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, I'm EO. Think Constantinople is right, not Moscow, since they have been setting up parallel churches in Africa without permission, and OCO is now in communion. But didn't the OCU get set up illegitimately as self? Autocephalus. Not sure what's, about that. What's the OCU? I don't OCU? know. What that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. In the, I'm, I might know what it is, not in English. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just, I, I'm not sure what they mean, to be honest. Max, you don't have to send another super chat if you send another comment on what this means. Yeah, maybe clarify what you mean. Yeah. Oh, Lady Babylon says, Anastasia, tell, tell us about your ancestors. They must be proud. <laughs> my ancestors well that sounds very like you know <laughs> with long history of ancestors well i'm not sure to be quite honest what they think they're dead i presume but um yeah i'm not actually like ethnically ukrainian just surprised to people i know i know <laughs> i'm a patriot obviously of ukraine but i'm not like ethnically ukrainian i identify as ukrainian obviously nationality wise i was born in ukraine i was raised in ukraine it's my country it's my people obviously but ethnically i'm greek and uh i'm also partially polish and partially russian you're greek uh, huh? i know the, the last bit the last bit stinks the person you know? <laughs> who wrote this, the person yeah, who wrote this is probably likes you 10 times more now because he's also fluent in greek Oh, I know, cool. I know the person that wrote this. Yeah, he's probably like, yeah, what? if I just blew his mind he, right now. <laughs> yeah, but my my father was a Greek, basically full on, and um, yeah, he was killed unfortunately um, in July by Russian art artillery. But uh, but yeah, he was a, a Greek man, you know, <laughs> since I as well, obviously. And my mom is partially Greek as well. So yeah, so I don't know about like the ancestors, what they think of this about this whole mess. But I do think like this is a generational battle like it's like generations prior of ukrainians uh have fought the same battle against russian imperialism and oppression and uh, they fought for our right to exist as a country and to rule ourselves so you know and this is something very interesting to me because if you read people who have wrote uh, like books uh 300 years ago about what was going on in ukraine right and 200 years ago and they have the same struggles they talk about the same thing basically about you know russians are trying to exterminate us as people you know to prosecute our language our culture to destroy our identity as people so it's something we deal with i guess the same thing as they did before and i do think that 
uh, ancestors of Ukrainian people, I guess you could say, would be very proud for us continuing their fight. And yeah, I sometimes say that Ukraine is like the phoenix, basically, bird. Uh, because it just revives all the time, you know? So we have, like, resistant movements, we try to liberate ourselves, and Russia kill us, you know? <laughs> but then another movement, 50 years, appears, resurrects. Again, idea of Ukraine, idea of freedom, idea of liberation, gets wiped out again, then again resurrects in 50 years, and this is just our history, you know? And I hope, I really hope, that this time will be the last one, that this time will be the one that we will actually win, and they will, will be forever uh seen as uh you know as as what we are as ukraine and uh i i do hope it will happen this time around because we have like i guess you could say support and power to do that now i do believe that so and the will most importantly the will of the people to continue fighting and to continue doing everything they can to achieve this dream and the dream is just you know as sappy as that sounds <laughs> to be basically free is what we want so yeah so this is yeah, I, I do fighting, hope our ancestors fighting, are no. chilling, you know? Well, <laughs> I hope they're hopping us up back, I, back I there really, somewhere. Yeah. I can't express how great grateful I am for someone like you right now who's been through so much, who's oh, thank you. Who's lost so much. And you're still yeah. you're still going strong and just doing these these lives with people like myself and Destiny or whoever you're really helping people understand the situation, how, how important this is. So you're doing, thank you. you're doing really, really amazing work. And I don't know, words can't, can't justify, I can't say it in words, but I wish I can show, like, I, I <laughs> just you, want you to you. know like, how grateful I am for everything you've been through. Oh, come on, stop, stop. Okay. <laughs> stop <laughs> hyping me up. I'm blushing All right. already. All right. so, All right. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate it. I truly do because it's very, I, people say something, oh, it's meaningless. No, it's, it's really not. So it's, to hear people like support us, yeah, it's very, it's very meaningful actually because we have been not heard for many, many years. So people did not hear us at all, our, our, like, our history, the way we see it, our struggle. So they only heard um, the side of the conqueror, let's put it like that, which is Russia, right? And so for us to be heard and to be finally, uh, I guess, accepted and admitted as people, as a country, is very important to us, for sure, because it's something that we really struggled with like most people when i was a teenager didn't know what the fuck is ukraine you know <laughs> which is not their fault obviously but i would go like to i don't know like to other country or something like with my mom or something and they would be and they would ask me like where are you from and i would be like ukraine and they were like huh and i was like well you know the biggest country quite so big in europe yeah so they, so they were like oh so russia and I was like, oh. No, that's so and, you know, funny you said that. It's so funny you said that because when I was growing up, there was a girl from middle school from Ukraine. And we used to be like, isn't that part of Russia? And she'd be yeah, like, exactly, no, yeah, exactly. not part of Russia. <laughs> Good <laughs> so job, was, girl. Yeah, it was drilled in my head <laughs> yeah. early. It wasn't. She was cool. Yeah, it's because cool. it is part of the, like, it's not even, I would, I don't like try not to be salty about it, you know? <laughs> Because I understand why foreigners uh, think like that. Because this is all part of Russian, basically, plan. So they yeah. like they made us completely invisible in history. And our struggle invisible. So when you talk about with people about uh, Golodomor, uh, things like that, which Holodomor, you call it, it's like a huge-ass famine 
man-made famine that Soviet Union basically created and uh, that killed 4 million plus Ukrainians. And nobody knows, you know? Nobody knows about that. It's not something that people talk about as such. And I, I, it's just something that our struggle, like mass deportations of thousands of thousands of hundreds, hundred thousands of Ukrainians to Siberia, to camps, you know, everything that was done under Stalin, the persecution of language and which was on the books in Russian Empire. There was like this Emskukas and Valuev Circular. Those are two uh, laws that prohibited printing books in Ukrainian, to teach children Ukrainian, to basically do anything in Ukrainian. And yeah, so this is like, uh, it's a long struggle, you know? So obviously for me that people have like Ukrainian flags and, you know, they say like our our phrases and stuff like that, Slava Ukraina, something like that, you know? And people would say it and it just always hypes me up and everyone else as well, because it's finally very important for us to be seen, obviously. So I do appreciate it. That's what I mean. <laughs> that was a long way of saying I appreciate what you said. Yeah, yeah. no, because what what what's what Ukraine is doing for the rest of the world, they're fighting for the West. Like you guys are um like Partially, this, yeah. this symbol right here. I'll show you what I'm talking about. There's this symbol. And it all and, and by the way, for whatever reason, um I don't know why I think of this. This is just me and my brain, I guess, but um this lady justice symbol i'll show you one second it's this this is that's ukraine right now oh no i know that ukraine yeah i know that fighting, <laughs> ukraine is fighting for western democracy right now and that everyone yeah. should have everyone should be supporting ukraine if you if you're not you're on the wrong side of history period that's where i'm at thank you like, yeah that, that's what i and there's i don't think there's any debate there i think if you think otherwise you you're you just something's wrong with you sorry people really People really wanted it. Wanted this. Uh, I, I think it's important to understand for Western like people that something that you guys have is something we have to fight for, basically. So democracy, you know, uh, working institutions, human rights. It's not perfect, obviously, right? In the West, no, nobody, nowhere is perfect. You know, perfect does not exist. But, but in a way that what we want is something that you just casually have basically is what i'm saying right and it's uh, did not drop on your head you you did your did your thing to achieve that obviously right but we had tried to achieve that with revolution in 2014 which i was part of i was a revolutionary back then and um yeah i was 19 then and uh yeah so basically that time was the time when ukrainian nation in 21st century actually started to fight against tyranny against uh, you know uh, the oppression of our liberties of human rights and uh, we saw ourselves as uh, as a democracy as a part of the european union sphere and uh, we basically oh you're back with the, yeah. <laughs> the good camera yeah so basically we fought for that for something that i do think many people in the west see as valuable which is democracy and freedom of speech and human rights which is something that was uh, under threat back then and is under threat even bigger one obviously now so yeah so not only it's just the historical thing you know about us uh, our long-term long fight with our oppressor which is russian empire but um but also it is about just you know modern day values i guess you could say of western people which we do share and which was something that we want to have and uh, we will not have them if uh, you know russians uh take what they want to take from us so yeah. yeah thank you for that 
Uh, Chat GPT says, please discuss the status of LGBT Ukrainians. Hmm. If, That's if, something if that I discussed with, with Dylan Burns, if you guys know him. Uh, yeah. He will be here in Ukraine soon, by the way, again. So <laughs> I really like hyped you know, to, to meet him again and to hang out. But um, uh, he, as he uh, you know, talks about the LGBT stuff quite a bit. So I talked with him about it. But it's not great. You know, <laughs> not gonna lie, LGBT rights are not great in Ukraine, uh, but uh, way better than they are in Russia, which is something that is important to know. Uh, we don't have our state media spewing homophobic shit, like, uh, you know, as a, as a state media. Oh, yeah, Dylan and me. Hey. Yeah, I was watching that. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah on, on the screen. You definitely yeah. Good talk. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so basically what I'm saying is that uh, we don't have that... Um, anti-LGBT propaganda baked like into our ideology and we don't have it like broadcasted like every day about Western degeneracy LGBT stuff. So we are more neutral on that front. Absolutely. And since revolution times, since 2014, things have been way better for uh, LGBT people in Ukraine, in my opinion. And I can, I guess, talk because I'm part of it, you know. And uh, <laughs> I even participated in... Uh, uh, how do you call them? The rainbow things. <laughs> how do you call them in English? Pride parades, I guess. Oh, yeah, 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 the rainbow, yeah, the rainbow things. So, yeah, so I participated in that and was not beaten up, you know? That's good. For the first time. Wow. That's good. <laughs> that's progress, You're in my doing, opinion. And, and once again, I have to, this is, that's the symbol of what <laughs> I'm talking about. You're fighting for freedom. You're fighting for yeah, liberty. You. You're fighting for all these values that we, that people should agree on for some reason some people just don't and i just don't understand why you want why people want theocracy and oppression and and hate like it is what it is but you are fighting for that for us so i just want to throw that out there thank you for that um there's thank another you. another super chat i believe ohm says awesome and i agree. <laughs> that's I agree it <laughs> thank you yeah um, appreciate it that super chat Constellation Pegasus says Ukraine suffered pretty badly under Stalin. Millions starved. Yep. Suppose there is bad history and feelings still around. Uh, can you repeat the last bit? I didn't heard it. Suppose there is still there is a bad history and feelings still around. Obviously, yeah. So yeah. You, you're not going. This, this, what you guys he's talking about is Holodomor, which is the famine I mentioned. Four million people plus died in that. So not only they were like uh, starved to death in Ukraine, but also they would take food, like Soviet soldiers, take it to Moscow, export it, continue to sell it, while people were just straight up dying of starvation. So there was like this law of faith, Pitikalaskov, uh, how to say it in English. Five wits law, I guess, wit like that grows, you know, in, in the fields. So five five wit laws is something that was on the books. So it's the the fact that you can shoot a person in Ukraine like in the head for stealing food. So basically, starving people would steal. Steal is not the word I would use, but you know, <laughs> would steal the food they themselves grow uh, to you know not starve and to feed their families, and they would be shot for that. So, yeah, so this was a very much like, uh, you know, a genocide in every sense of the world. And, uh, yeah, it's not only that, like I said, it's like mass deportation, oppression, executions. There was like Red Terror period, which was uh, uh, right after the revolution, basically, in October. So 
that was the period when Red Terror uh, was happening in Ukraine as well. So people were just killed, dragged down out of their houses, shot for not being willing to be part of Soviet Union, Russia, or willing to be independent. So, so yeah, so this is a long history and most of our resistance have been against the uh, Russian Empire, but also lately, Pol later back in the day, Polish, obviously, Austro-Hungary, Aust all sorts of empires that tried to tear apart like our country, which is, uh, you know, have been a struggle for some time. And it's okay to let go of that and forgive, obviously, which we did with Polish people, obviously, right? So we have like uh, grudges against each other, you could say, but we like, you know, let it go because it's not something sure. that has any meaning now anymore. But with Russia, it does because they do the same thing they now, you know, <laughs> they have not changed much since those times. So there's nothing to forgive there because sometimes people say, oh, there should be like some sort of forgiveness. And I'm like, I'm crazy, dudes. <laughs> I mean, they're literally uh, invading and killing people right now. They like killed my father, you know, in their own house, I mean, his own house. So how can I, how, what forgiven? What, 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 what can we forgive? They're not asking for forgiveness. No. So, you know, it's just, it's not something you can do when there's no moves on their part to change their ways whatsoever. So, yeah. So it's this is young, the blood, bad blood, if you can call it that, of course, existed. And now it's just way worse than it was in way, 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 way quite a long time, I would say, like decades, basically. So, for Thanks. obvious reasons, right? Yeah. When people come to kill your family members, you kind of, kind of ha have to take, have to not like them, you know. Yeah. So no, yeah, it's pretty it's simple. Not, there's, there's no in between here. So I, I agree with you on that. Constellation Pegasus says, any worry or talk of China giving arms and making this mess even bigger? People talk about that quite a bit, which is something to think about, I guess. But me personally, I'm not like, you know, an expert, obviously. But me personally, I kind of don't think it will happen because just simply because I don't think China is that dumb. <laughs> it may sound like a little bit, you know, patronizing, I guess. But no, it's just right. they have been they have been very cautious in their in the way they have like not condemned Russia full on, but they have not like supported them as well. So they have been very like trying to be neutral on the subject. And I think they did it because they waited on how it will play out. So not because they're very pro-Ukraine, obviously not, but because they have been just, this thing is going to play off. Basically, everyone predicted that we would be taken in three days, if you remember, <laughs> like in the beginning of this whole war, everyone, Ukraine will not last a week, you know? And of course, everyone waited and, you know, <laughs> Just where they should place their bets, basically, is what everyone waited. And uh, not China, just everyone, you know, in the Western world as well, obviously. But now I think China is quite uh, smart enough to see that Russia is a sinking ship. And uh, not to invest in that would be, I think, smart on their part. So, yeah, so I, I'm not sure if uh, I'm correct with that, but I do think uh, it's like nothing to be that terrified of. I hope. Well, well said. Max the Confessor with the Super Chat. Thank you for the Super Chat. If you had to pick, which party in Russia do you think best allows for the possibility of changing the current Kremlin administration? POG? Quite frankly, I don't think that opposition actually exists in Russia. So no offense to anyone, to Navalny fans. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just an imperialist with another face, you know. He might be not as bad as Putin. Let's put it like that. I, I do think that's quite quite possible, obviously. But almost all true opposition in Russia was killed by this point or jailed or something. 
like people like for example like Nemtsov and you know the, this is someone I truly like thought of as a you know as a potential uh, for you, I guess Russia's future as more of a liberal country but uh, he was killed obviously um, and uh, yeah so there's that but more co- current day Russia unfortunately I don't have like has any any true political power to basically say they're oh they're the good guys you know they're like a political opposition they are someone they will lead Russia to the like more I guess liberal democratic kind of like future to be honest I don't want to be doomer but I don't think like that this exists right now in Russia and this is a pretty hard work of Putin himself to eliminate like almost everyone of any of any like uh uh, knowledge of any like uh, ability to be a good opposition to him. So yeah, not sure, guys. What the thank fuck you should do? Yeah, thank um, you. Kaya Swartza, thank you for the twenty dollars. I appreciate that. My wife is Georgian. She was on a train when she mm-hmm. saw the tanks go to Esso and Abkhazia. I'm pretty Abkhazia, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Georgia and Moldova will be next after UA if Russians win. Slava Ukraine. Yes. Thank you, Anastasia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Heroem Slava is the, is the phrase you say back, basically. But uh, yeah, I really, I do think you're super correct because some people say like, oh, the Baltics countries are under threat. Nah, they're in NATO. I mean, it's Russia will not take take on a country that is NATO. They can't take us, you know? <laughs> How the fuck they will take a country that is in NATO? But Moldova, Georgia are not. So they are very good targets for them to do this. And I do fully believe they intended to. So they intended to swipe basically Ukraine to take us in like, you know, a week or two, like everyone predicted. And then they would most likely continue at some point, which they already did. They already invaded Georgia and Moldova before. So they took parts of like uh, Georgia and annexed and uh, killed people and stuff like that in Georgia and in Moldova as well. So Transnistria exists for a reason, which is like, you know, basically Russia, Russia, Russia annexed territory just like Crimea was for a while in Ukraine so they already did some moves like they did in 2014 to achieve that and I do think they would be full-on ready for all-out invasion uh, into Georgia and Moldova but thing is we fucked them up you know (laughs) so they so they are stopped currently at Ukraine which is I guess for us to be the shield sort of (laughs) to Georgia and to Moldova and protect countries from, well, you know, with our, with our, I guess, bodies and lives, you could say, because um, they should not move anywhere further and uh, they should be stopped uh, for good this time around, I hope. Thank you for that super chat. Appreciate that. Um, last thing I want to ask you, ask you about and talk about before we end this out. So I just want to ask you, what is the, what is the spirit like over there? And also if you're, if you can, like, if, if, if you can give a message to people on, on in my side of the world of what we can do to help or or what do you think is ha- what's the situation now and where do you think things are going so it's that sort of that makes sense well the spirit the spirit is uh just as high as it was uh when this whole thing started so i um uh... I am like a volunteer, obviously, but I talk with soldiers quite a bit and, you know, it's have not diminished. People are very hyped and still willing to do what is necessary to do. And uh, people always say like, you know, we didn't choose the war, obviously, but it's here. So what else can you do other than, you know, defend 
what you love and what we love is ukraine you know <laughs> and our people uh so yeah so basically what people are very willing to continue this fight which is something i generally i pisses me off to no end when i hear like people from the west say like oh we should stop this war we should go for peace agreements because we care about ukrainian people and yet no you don't you know <laughs> if you cared about ukrainian people you would listen to what ukrainian people want and what we want by every estimation by every poll ex in existence is uh, to continue fighting no matter what and to return our uh, uh, people back home so current many uh, cities are occupied and what russians are doing to those people there is atrocious and in ways i cannot even describe to you every liberated city has had mass graves uh tortures rapes slaughter of civilians on insane scale so it's bucha irping hastomel izum i can go on go on go on you know so yeah so this is something that people have to deal with and this is the wait for us to liberate them so this is not negotiable we are not giving up those people to russia and to this nothingness basically is what expects them if we give up on them so yeah so we're not doing that and with the western support we are having right now we have every chance to win it and we intend to we intend to do that and i hope we will so so yeah so the message of the basically um i, I just told just a little story when i basically on the 24th of february like the day of the colon invasion started i was like woken up by explosions and stuff like that and me and my sister were just sitting in our bed basically and we're like oh for 15 minutes silent and we were like oh no it started it started they attacked us you know so there was like a huge panic, obviously. <laughs> Everyone was like panicking and thinking, oh, would they take Kharkiv? Would they occupy Kharkiv? What we will do, how we will like protest, what we will do. It, Kharkiv, I'm from Kharkiv. It's my city. I'm here now. So, so yeah. So basically I found my best friend who is now fighting at the front lines and participated in liberation of many cities. And he then told me, I asked him like, what are we going to do? And he was like, what else can we do? We fight, obviously. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Good, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. So he then went the very same day and listed, you know, and he sent me lines of people, like kilometers of lines of people just enlisting on the, you know, of men and women as well enlisting. And I was like, okay, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine because people are willing, you know, to defend this country. So, so ever since that day, I, you know, felt better, I guess, <laughs> about, about everything because I knew we will not be just given up. We will do what's right. And, you know, uh, so this is something I think uh, people in the West uh, who we super appreciate for the support should also think about, I guess, how to help us is what you're already doing in a way, because, you know, assisting us, we need we need tanks and we finally, <laughs> finally about to get them. Finally, leopards are free, you know, and uh, yeah, so you do can pressure, I guess, your governments to assist us in a way uh, we need. We have need like heavy weapons is something we truly like uh it's it, it's pretty dire has been dying in that regard for quite a while we got a lot of aid but not heavy weapons so not no tanks nothing like that but now we finally are going to get them so continue please do if you can to support maybe um, ukrainian volunteers i have a paypal as well by the way <laughs> on my twitter which you can help out and see what i'm doing on twitter i post like pretty much everything i'm doing and uh, yeah so assist uh, organizations that help ukraine uh, such as uh, come back alive for example which is a pretty good uh, fund to help ukraine um, 
come back alive it's called if you google it you will be able to see it or maybe help like volunteers like me for example and people who are doing projects of helping our army in every way we can so yeah so basically that do that continue doing that if you're able to and also talk with people about it is also very important so you know to to fight against some bullshit narratives that russia propaganda continues to spew and those who support russia in the west as well so do try to you know <laughs> to fight them back and to spread the word and uh, that's basically all you can do i don't think there's anything else and this is more than enough which is more than we expected to be quite honest so <laughs> when this whole thing happened in february we pretty much expected the world to just watch as it usually does you know yeah as it did yeah, it, yeah. so we ex we appreciate it obviously and it helped us quite a bit and uh, helped us to reduce the uh, casualties and the you know the amount of our debt uh, which is something that obviously we want well um, yeah I will put this link in the description for Comeback Alive. I didn't know about this. No, that's good to know. I will. Yeah, it's pretty good for way to donate uh, if you to Ukraine if you want to. It's a big, big kind of like fund, and it's very. I trust it quite a bit, so I, I'm sure you will be able to, you know, to yeah. donate something if you like. But just if you can donate, obviously, then just talk about it. You know, spread the information. It's very important as well because um, because cyber front, as we call it, <laughs> is also important. You know, talking, uh, spreading the word, and our message basically first time I guess in history we're louder in a way than Russia. So we have like I guess uh, the voice that is louder than theirs in a way. So it has to be keep be kept that way. So yeah, I would appreciate like anyone to that anyone who can participate in that and talk about Ukraine, talk about what is happening. Um, yeah, and graphic and stuff. Don't be afraid of graphic stuff. <laughs> Share sure. it as well because I know some people are you know squeamish about it and they don't want to. Uh, but uh, some things that happened here are truly horrific. So, yeah, so if you Google, obviously, like Bucha massacre or something like that, or Yahidne is a new new story that has been posted recently by Times. It is pretty horrific. It's concentration camps level of horrific. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I would really appreciate people obviously supporting us in any way they can. So, yeah. Thank you for that. And also, I just wanted to highlight, she has a PayPal right here on her Twitter. Follow her on Twitter and uh, throw some support. Thank you. You know, because you are doing, because obviously it helps to donate to the website that you suggested, but also you are, you're someone who's out there doing work. So, so you can use this uh, support as well. So go in. Uh, yeah, bonus. My bonus compared to, you know, a big organization like Comeback Alive is that like I post, you know, stuff regularly that I, pay, I, I, I help particular battalions, particular brigades that I go to visit as well. You know, I send stuff for them all, all like almost every week and a couple times per week, even sometimes, you know. And uh, yeah, so we do quite a lot of work to help and to support our troops and our other volunteers as well. Just recently bought a car for the volunteer center in Kharkiv called Polenice, which they will use to go to the front lines. And I'm super hyped about that. <laughs> and yeah, we did a bunch of stuff like drones as well. We have uh, bought a quad bike and almost all of that I must highlight, I did mostly thanks to Destiny. You know, so I do appreciate quite a bit uh, his community. They, um, you know, quite a lot of aid I got 
it's their donations it's what they donated and basically it's what they bought let's put it like that so i do kindly appreciate that of course and if it wasn't for him i would be able to to be as effective i guess you could say as i am in providing aid so shout out to destiny <laughs> he deserves it definitely all right well that's it for me and i appreciate your time and uh, like i said those links are in the description and you have just attained true gnosis